Most people have heard of the Electoral College during presidential election years. But what exactly is the Electoral College? Simply said, it is a group of people appointed by each state who formally elect the president and vice president of the United States. To understand how this process began and how it continues today, we can look at the Constitution of the United States. Article 2, Section 1, Clause 2 of the Constitution. It specifies how many electors each state is entitled to have. Since 1964, there have been 538 electors in each presidential election. How do they decide on the number 538? Well, the number of electors is equal to the total voting membership of the United States Congress, 435 representatives plus 100 senators and three electors from the District of Columbia. Essentially, the Democratic candidate and Republican candidate are each trying to add up the electors in every state so that they surpass 270 electoral votes, or just over half of 538 votes, and win the presidency. So how do states even get electoral votes? Each state receives a particular number of electors based on population size. The census is conducted every 10 years, so every time the census happens, states might gain or lose a few electoral votes. Let's say you're a voter in California, a state with 55 electoral votes. If your candidate wins in California, they get all 55 of the state's electoral votes. If your candidate loses, they get none. This is why many presidential candidates want to win states like Texas, Florida, and New York. If you currently add up the electoral votes of those three states, you would have 96 electoral votes. Even if a candidate won North Dakota, South Dakota, Montana, Wyoming, Vermont, New Hampshire, Connecticut, and West Virginia, they would only gain 31 electoral votes total from those eight states. Here's where it can get a little tricky. On a rare occasion, like in the year 2000, someone can win the popular vote but fail to gain 270 electoral votes. This means that the winner may have won and collected their electoral votes by small margins, winning just enough states with just enough electoral votes, but the losing candidate may have captured large voter margins in the remaining states. If this is the case, the very large margins secured by the losing candidate in the other states would add up to over 50% of the ballots cast nationally. Therefore, the losing candidate may have gained more than 50% of the ballots cast by voters, but failed to gain 270 of the electoral votes. Some critics of the Electoral College argue the system gives an unfair advantage to states with large numbers of electoral votes. Think of it this way. It is possible for a candidate to not get a single person's vote, not one vote, in 39 states or the District of Columbia yet be elected president by winning the popular vote in just 11 of these 12 states. California, New York, Texas, Florida, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Ohio, Michigan, New Jersey, North Carolina, Georgia, or Virginia. This is why both parties pay attention to these states. However, others argue that the Electoral College protects small states such as Rhode Island, Vermont, and New Hampshire and even geographically large states with small populations, like Alaska, Wyoming, and the Dakotas. That's because a candidate can't completely ignore small states because in a close election, every electoral vote counts. There are certain states that have a long history of voting for a particular party. These are known as safe states. For the past four election cycles, in 1996, 2000, 2004, and 2008, Democrats could count on states like Oregon, Maryland, Michigan, and Massachusetts, 
whereas the Republicans could count on states like Mississippi, Alabama, Kansas, and Idaho. States that are teetering between parties are called swing states. In the past four election cycles, Ohio and Florida have been swing states, twice providing electoral votes for a Democratic candidate and twice providing electoral votes for a Republican candidate. Think about it. Do you live in a safe state? If so, is it a Democratic or Republican safe state? Do you live in a swing state? Are your neighboring states swing or safe? Is the population in your state increasing or decreasing? And do not forget, when you're watching the electoral returns on election night every four years, and the big map of the United States is on the screen, know that the magic number is 270 and start adding. They're, they're carrying over or something that has come into um, uh, that, that body by way of um, um, something that's moving around the country, you know, like, like that's happening now, you know, uh, about, about police reform. So that may suddenly be the issue of this session when they have a meeting. Okay, now we need to talk about coming up with some type of legislation. Legislation will just be a bill. Okay, a bill. A, a bill is not a you know dollar bill or nothing like that. No money. A bill is a written document that basically is 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 language. It, it sounds very what you call legalese. It's just a lot of uh, legal language, a lot of stuff in there. Okay, but some bills are written in um, plain English or plain language, you would call it, so that you know the the average uh, person, the average citizen, can read it and understand it. Uh, but it just depends on who's writing the bill. Okay, so they write these bills, whether it's in the House of Representatives or the Senate. Okay, and the House of Representatives um, and, and the state representatives, it, it's based on um, um, based on where they're located and they're representing a certain um, 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 district, a certain district. And the Senate, the senators are are um, um, representing a certain region of the state, and certain, and you know, so it's broken down based on location. These places, these senators and representatives are elected from. Okay, but they're going to sit there. They're going to take they take everything under consideration about the issues, and then they're going to come up with this bill. And the bill is again, it's a, it's a it's addressing another problem, another issue, just like your local city or town. They then will pass this bill by, in order to, to make this bill become a law. This bill, once it's drafted and, and, and voted on, you have to vote on it in order for it to pass. Some of them don't pass. It then moves to the next body, legislative body, which would be the Senate or the House. Whichever one that, that drafted the bill first, they have to send it over to the other side. Okay? Then they have to look at it. Now, if they don't like something in that bill, then they're going to have to they're going to have to modify it. And when they modify, they take things out, whatever, and make it their own. And then they have their version of the bill, the same bill. It'll have a different number and everything. If they're same version. And then what you what the ultimate goal is is for both houses, per se, the House of Representatives and the Senate, to agree on one bill. 
whether it's again two different versions and then they bring them into one and then that combined bill then goes to the death of the governor or the death of the president and then the president of the governor has to make a decision do I agree with the state legislature or do I agree with the Congress you know the House and the Senate do I agree with them in what they have presented to me that governor or president may have run on a platform as I said knowing about them their background what they stand for that bill may be against their belief well guess what what they have in the in the in the um uh, in their role as governor president, they have the power to veto. Veto is just a fancy word of of, of blocking that bill. Yeah. They can just block it. No, no, I don't know. I don't want, I'm not signing this bill into law. How laws become laws, again, is once the bill passes both chambers, the House and the Senate, then the president of the governor has to sign. That's the only way we have any law. So any law that you hear about, it's against the law. It's against the law for that. It's against the law for that. It's against the law to run the stop sign. It's against the law to seize. All of those laws came out of just, again, those two bodies talking about there's a problem. We need to find a solution to it. And here's a solution we think is best. Again, these are people that just represent people. You know, these are people you elected. They suddenly got to represent you. And so they're going to go, they're supposed to go by what their constituencies, constituencies being the people who voted for them, they have to go by what they believe in. They're supposed to be representing them. So when they go and agree to a bill or whatever, it should be because they represent you based on what you believe in. So then once it goes to that, that president or the governor, then that president governor say, okay, well, these people voted for me because I said I'm going to be, I'm going to stand for this. Well, if that bill doesn't align with their belief, they might be toys. Then suddenly, that never becomes law. However, there's a, a, a caveat to that where um, if those two chambers, the House and the Senate, out, uh, out of two-thirds, two-thirds, that means a majority of those two bodies together can vote to override the veto of the governor or the president, that bill that they came up with can still become law, even when the president or the governor blocks it. Okay, so you still have hope, even when you in, you even when you elect the highest person in the state, being the governor or the, or, or the country being the president, you still have hope to get what you believe in passed and become law. But that's only, again, the importance of it is if you elect the right people with the right heart to go in there and represent you. And they will stand up and do the right thing regardless of the person in the office of president or the office of governor who could block that bill from becoming law. You can still get what you want if you, but it starts again at the voting booth. It starts again by voting. You have to put the people in the, in the place who you believe will do the right thing. And the third piece I was going to hint to earlier about this whole voting, the, the, the uh, 
uh, how serious it is and, and the importance of it mm-hmm. is the accountability piece. The accountability piece, again, if you voted these people, even the governor or the president in office, and they're not doing what they promised you that they were going to do, don't don't get frustrated. Say, you know what? These All these politicians, don't put them in a boat, same boat together. Don't put them in a group together to say all politicians are bad. Because, again, once you research people, there could be somebody who's in your neighborhood who's going to run for office, and you know them very well. And then suddenly they're going to run against that person the next term, the next election. Well, guess what? That's your accountability. You, you can say, okay, you went in that office. You didn't do what I expected you to do. You know what? I'm going to fire you. And mm. literally, that's what the voting is. I'm going to fire you because you didn't do what you said you were going to do. So you go back to the poll the next election and vote them out. You vote for their opponent. It's the power of voting. It's so powerful. You can hire and fire people, basically. You hire and fire politicians. So you have now got into the meat of what I what I, I wanted you to get to is that okay. we actually have the power. And I think yes. that for so many of us, like again, I, th- I think like like the like the the Gen Zers, like the, the newer age babies that are coming out now, and just some like the some some middle aged people, they don't feel that they have that power, especially because mm-hmm. we're black. And I think that now with all of these things happening, like re- like these reemergence of different things happening, the consistent killing, mm-hmm. I think that it is affording us the opportunity to understand that we now have the power. It's unfortunate, well, not that we now, but that we've always had the power and understand yes, the yes, use yes, of yes. our power, right? And that's that's why Mm -hmm. I'm so um, excited about doing a voter registration drive and having you on because like like my production manager just said like he's preaching like he's really preaching and teaching us like some information that we need because of the fact that we need to understand that we when when you see people saying flip the house, they're saying flip it to where it is beneficial for you and where you live. Be it in Cahoma exactly. County, if the, the school board is all male and we need to get some of those men out of there because they don't know what the hell they're doing. Be it your mayor, if your mayor doesn't know what the hell he or she is doing and you yes. need to get them yes. out, you have the power. Yes. But the power lies in you actually exercising your right to vote. Not sitting at home right. and saying like, my vote not going to count, it's not going to matter. Right. No, it counts when you get your ass out. Excuse my language. Right. But it just that's, right. it, that's when it counts, when you get out and you do the work. Right. And even even if you like, I like right. how you also touched on researching because some people were asking me, well, Akila, I don't know who to vote for. Well, go and look and see what did they do? Because a lot of people are, are currently, I saw um, somebody post Joe Biden was uh, in on all, on all these different bills to mass incarcerate and do X, Y, and Z. And they're like, like everybody is pulling up so many different things. And I'm saying in my head, if you can pull that up, then you can also pull up all the other people that are currently in office that you are not helping to get out. You can pull up what they do, how they are doing X, Y, and Z things, how they are getting people acquitted for murder that were police officers and all of that. And you can see that you need to still get out and do that work. Like, I, I don't feel... Do you feel, can I ask you this quick, really quick question? Some people are saying that we're back to how we were in the last election where we're voting for the lesser of two evils. I don't feel that Joe Biden is a lesser of two evils. And some people really uh, started to say that like after the statement that he made 
uh, with in his interview with Charlemagne the God. But I think it was. I think that that statement was more of a joke that landed wrong. Like I think that he was right. like trying to say like I'm for y'all and y'all know I'm for y'all. Like I done had y'all back because I was with y'all for eight years. I think that was in, like like his thing, and he was trying to say like I'm I'm with you versus trying to. Uh, Put people down, but a lot of people are saying like, "Oh, he's showing his true colors, and we gotta hold him accountable." And da da da. Yeah, and he came back and he apologized. And by that same token, you haven't your current uh, person that's in office will never apologize. He will never address any issues. And yet, if you think that you're gonna sit in a house or you say I'm not gonna vote, I feel like you are voting for Trump. Like you are empowering a buffoon. So, do, could you touch on like thinking about? Um, do you think that? Biden and Biden is the lesser of two evils or how do you feel about that? Yeah. So so I would make this this statement um uh, it's just, it's definitely a, a statement that have um uh, that has been used a lot um and it's true about insanity. You know, it's <laughs> you know, doing the same thing. Yes, yes. And expecting a different result. Yes. So each individual Whomever questions themselves or anyone who is running for office, okay, and you're trying to decide whether you should vote or not, okay, if you do the same thing for those who have not voted and say that I won't vote and I'm tired of voting or whatever and I didn't vote last time, if you keep doing the same thing and expecting a different result, that's insanity, mm-hmm. okay? You actually have to, you know, the Bible speaks about faith without works is dead. And Come so, on so now. Of course that Come goes, on now. That faith, the faith part of it is is you praying and hoping, you know, that there's a change, that there's mm-hmm. a different result. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. the works part mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. again, about doing something first, taking a step to make the change that you want to see. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you take that step of voting and then you you stand back and hope and pray that your vote made a difference, okay? That you did the right thing, okay? So now, here, bring it to about the lesser of the two evils argument, okay? Mm-hmm. Well, again, you have to always applaud anybody who's willing to step up and run for office. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're opening their entire life, their family, their... Mm-hmm past everything they're putting it on the line everything becomes exposed these people lives get turned upside down whether it's for the worse or for the better and so you have to stop right there and just applaud them for stepping up to run for office first of all okay now understanding that no one no one is perfect but God it's very clear that man will never be perfect. There's only one supreme being, and that's God. So along the way, this path, this this role called life, there will be mistakes. There will be change in history. There will be many things that come about. As you know, over the last decade, we've had laws and things and put into place that are like, wow, to, to our um uh, ancestors and all, you know, they were like, oh, I'm so ashamed of that, that everyone is now uh, supporting this and supporting that and supporting. And so, again, that's a change 
in the behavior and belief of a generation. And so this has happened. And so back then it was acceptable maybe to increase um, um, handling of crime in ways that are not popular, you know, anymore. You know, things that may have been uh, accepted back then because back then with the mass incarceration as some uh, some outlets have reported there were some congressional there were some black leaders on board with that deal as well mm-hmm. okay so again knowing the history of, of our people you know it seems like to me to be counterintuitive it should be against all human humanity to support such a bill but there again, when it comes to those bills, as I went back, as I told you just moments ago about a bill, how it's created, mm-hmm, there's mm-hmm. a lot in a bill. Yeah. There's so much in a bill. It's not just locking up. It wasn't just about locking up, mm-hmm. you know, black guys or, or blacks in general. It was more to it and with reforms and things. There was some good stuff that you always hear. There would be some good stuff and bad stuff in a bill. Mm-hmm. Because again, these are regular people that you're electing to send into office, and they're trying to represent all the people that that have elected them. So they're putting good and bad in the bill. Mm-hmm. But you know, just like man would do, you will pull out always the bad about a person. The bad about a person will always sound out louder and 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 be uh, uh, printed and carried on bigger than the good. And so, if you do your own research, you will find that there was a mistake. There was some bad in the bill that he authored, okay? But one thing about a leader, if you want to know the characteristics of a leader, one of the characteristics is that a leader apologizes. A a leader would say that they made a mistake. Now, you mentioned we do have the current occupant of the White House who says that you know, he's not responsible for things. And that's, again, not a characteristic of a leader. At all. But someone who would stand up in front of the TV on the nationwide audience say, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. That's the characteristic of a leader because that's their reputation. But it does also mirror their integrity. They're willing to stand up and say, I'm sorry. And that should build a trust, rebuild, I should say, the trust of a people in that person. So we don't have to talk about the lesser of two evils because guess what? No man is perfect. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to have ever, 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 count my word, ever a perfect person on a ballot. No matter if they're running for a superintendent of education and for the school district or running for governor or a president. You're mm-hmm. never going to have a, per- a perfect person. So if you pull back the layers and research them, there are going to be some mistakes along the way. But the point is, is again, they realize their mistake, they apologize, they move on. Because we too, again, as the, as the Bible says, for you first uh, who are without fault, cast the first stone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so if you and I will accuse someone else of their misdeeds and then not do a self-analysis and say, hey, um, I might have done wrong, then again, we are being uh, hypocritical. That's what we're really being. We're being hypocritical because you and I cannot throw a cast that stone because I made mistakes, you made mistakes, everybody, that person speaking made a mistake and, and no sin is greater than the other. So anything, any misdeed that someone did, 
whether it's Biden or whoever, what you did, what I did, is no greater than what he did. Now, again, the effects of what may have done may have been a bigger effect. It may have, again, incarcerated more people. But in the eyesight of God, it was on the same level of you cussing out your your sister or your or your friend or your coworker. In their eye, it's a, in God's eye, it's the same thing. So we can't sit up here and pass judgment on anybody and trying to make them a perfect candidate. We have to, again, look at everything. And if we can get behind at least one thing, one thing on their agenda, on their platform that they're proposing, then we should, again, do the right thing, go and support this individual. Now, we go ahead and tell the truth. Now, again, like we said, eight years, eight years, Biden has eight years behind the first African-American president that we ever had, eight years, okay? Okay, you you know, company, you know, you can look at a person's company and try to figure them out as well, mm-hmm, okay? Mm-hmm. So, so you know, mm-hmm, if you look at mm-hmm. the company, okay, of Biden, if you look at the company, or, or, or let's just say, let's flip it, if you look at the company of President Obama, if you look at his company, mm-hmm. and he thought, again, good enough, and based on, okay, when you're running for a president, when you're running for vice president, you get the hardest, hardcore uh, um, background check as yes, anybody sir. in America. Mm-hmm. It is so tough. And once you pass that, that means you're going to present to the world that I, as president or vice president, or let's just say president, I have researched this individual, and this person is worthy enough to stand beside me for these next four years. Mm-hmm. And guess what America said? Gosh. Well, I'm, I mean, I really, we really were impressed with you for the first four years, you and Biden. Let's give you another four years. Mm-hmm. And so that said a lot right then that, you know, it was something about what they were doing as a team that really made their presidency, vice presidency successful. And so here we are, a person we know very well based on his faith. You know, we know we we weren't in the room with him when he was negotiating a lot of his stuff. Mm-hmm. But we do have someone who has a history. Again, do the research, ask somebody. This veteran we have versus a non-veteran, the current in office right now. You know, someone who has experienced grief of losing uh, a son and a wife. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, and and just as, as you know, all the hurt and pain. Someone who has been out there in the marches in Selma with President Obama in the black people protesting, walking. You know, we have evidence of this. Do the research mm-hmm. as compared to the occupant of the White House right now. Again, if you want to say lesser of two evils, don't again cause nobody evil to the point of just saying, vote, you know, that's why I won't vote or what evil, whatever, because again, you can't cast the first stone. Everyone has their mistakes and misdeeds. But again, what do they stand for? What they believe in? What does history say? Do that align with you? Are you loving what you're experiencing right now? Are you loving what you're seeing on TV right now? Are you loving that uh, your loved ones and your friends, family, co-workers are dying from coronavirus? Are you loving this stuff? If you love this stuff, then maybe you should consider uh, 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 re-electing the current occupant. You know, it's things like that that you have to do a gut check. You have to do a step analysis to see, open your eyes, what's going on. Again, doing the same thing, expecting a different result. If you want the same thing, then you do nothing. Okay. 
So, you know, and so you can't have that again. If you want a better life, and for generations come, you mentioned about the current generation. If you want them for your siblings coming after you or your, you know, people, you know, family members, you you will probably for your entire life not ever see because your your um, your offspring will continue to grow up, and then you eventually, you know, leave this earth. Then your offspring have to grow up in the same country. How do you want them? You know, you always hear that we want the best for our children. We want the best for the ones coming after us. Well, you know what? It starts now. It starts now. Making that country, creating that country that you want them to experience. Even if you don't experience your life that you at least pay the way. You can say before you leave this earth that I did the right thing. I tried. I made, did all the things. I did my work. And now I'm going to use my faith to make sure that America is the best place for everyone. And so that's how we should approach this election coming up. And, and it's just, again, this is not like, you know, this is some some strange person or some, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a huge, the stakes are high with this election. But again, you have to consider if you want to continue to go through four years of the stuff that, that, that you're experiencing right now, or you want to go to the opponent. Again, we don't have any other candidates running no more. I mean, I think we have a Green Party candidate, but usually the Green Party doesn't win. So you only use, it's only a Democrat and Republican you have Biden and Trump. So you, you research them and you see what has been happening. You see what has been on TV, you see whatever. Now you make your choice. Any of that stuff, do I believe in that stuff? Okay, well, that's my choice. Okay, then once they get in office, again, while all this stuff that they promised, hold them accountable. Again, remember, your vote is so powerful that you can, you hire this person, you have Biden. If you don't do the right thing in four years, what you ask him, then you fire mm-hmm. after four years. But you can't even hire him unless you vote. <laughs> so you can't even get them into the job unless you vote. So you hold them accountable once they be in office. You can't hold nobody accountable before they get in office. I mean, because you're hearing a lot of that. You're hearing about holding my vote hostage. And I and I don't understand. I don't think people understand when they hear that, or when they say that. I'm gonna hold my vote hostage until I know exactly what uh, he is going to do. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm you're right. Your your vote has your vote has value. Right. You should treat it like it has value. It has value because it's gonna require your time and maybe eight hours of your time in line. You know what I'm saying? For for all this voter suppression stuff that's going on. But we're gonna pray on that thing. We're gonna pray that, you know, all of this gets worked out and uh Congress, you know, pass bill, law, you know, um and, and or or the state uh governors do something to uh decrease these lines and we won't have this experience in November. But anyway, you know that again that you're going to Make sure that um, um, once they're in office, you know, once they're in office, you cannot make them beforehand um, um, be accountable for what they say because it is a promise. Yes, I agree with you. It is a promise. Mm-hmm. But you don't know what they're going to do until they actually do it. So they can only promise to you right now anyway. So, I mean, short of getting a contract from Biden to say, I promise, let me sign on the dotted line. I promise I'm going to do this, whatever. And then if, if I don't do it, you can sue me. Because then you're talking about law right there. But there is not a candidate who will ever, ever do that. And, and no one should be expecting Biden or any candidate to promise to the extent of guaranteeing with in contract that they're going to do something. Because, again, they have to represent all people when they get in office. You know, they're going to represent mostly what the 
the, the people who put them in office, of course. But um, once they get in office, that's when the accountability starts, day one. Okay, if he said in the on the first day, I will sign this or I will turn, you know, put us back into the treaty with this or, or United Nations, this, that, and other. He said, you keep a record of it. I mean, you can keep recording on your cell phone, whatever. He said that he will do this the first day. And if he doesn't do that on the first day, he fails, fails the first day, his first promise. That's how you do accountability. And then next time when it comes up for re-election, you remind them. Hey, you didn't do this. You didn't do what you said you were going to do. I'm going to fire you. Don't stay at home again. Stay at home. You're not doing the right thing. But you're doing, again, uh, what is your right to vote. And accountability starts after they get in office. Okay, cool, cool. Well, thank you so much. Um, I think we touched on a lot of what I wanted to talk about. We didn't get a chance to talk on everything, but um, I appreciate your passion and um, all of your knowledge. Um, I really like um, mm-hmm. the last couple of things that you did share as far as like us thinking about um, with the, the holding um, the vote hostage. Uh, I don't know if you remember Gregory Neely Jr. from Jonestown. He has a podcast mm-hmm. too called Flawed Logic. And I, if I'm not mistaken, Greg just did a podcast on like people talking about holding their vote hostage um i think what i find what i what i am struggling with and like what my goal is to do with this podcast uh with you today and with the voter registration drive on june 27th in Jonestown, mississippi is to offer people information right. and, like in education um because i feel like even even in our messages sometimes we can get so caught up in like the this is what you should be doing this is why you should be doing like you look like do this do 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 but still Mm -hmm. if they don't understand that is going to cause them not to do that and to me that whole i'm gonna hold my vote hostage thing or this the lesser of two evils it's and i'm not saying that a person is ignorant but it's ignorance it's like that unknown like we don't know we don't understand like there's no way on god's green earth that i would hold my vote hostage for what I'm already being held hostage because in America. You guarantee. <laughs> right, right. You cannot, that person cannot guarantee yeah. you, like, uh, beyond just short of a contract. To the contract, again, the attorney in me would say, you need to get it in writing in a contract and sign both you and the, the presidential candidate sign on that contract. That's when you know that it's guaranteed. But things change so swiftly when they get in office because you have to think about it. A lot of those Congress people that, you know, different states and, you know, including Mississippi and all the states have elected into Congress. Mm-hmm. A lot of those people who are in there now who, who are really uh, not in there with the heart that's needed for their role you know, that may be doing the wrong things or not not considering the American people the best for them, guess what? They're going to still be in there. If, 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 if Biden gets elected, they're going to still be in there. So what does that mean? If those bad apples are going to still be in Congress. And so when Biden tries to get something passed, it may not come again. What you want him to do, that, that, that promise that you want him to carry out, it may be blocked by those people still there. So that's why, again, every election, every voter, and those people who are still there in two more years, if every two years, there's going to be an election of the federal representatives, the, 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 the representatives and the senators. That's your next shot to fire those people. Get them out the way. Give Biden in his two years, after two years, give him a new slate of people 
that's going to get the work done, help him get his agenda passed that you wanted him to get passed. So that's how you do it. Every election is important, not just a presidential election. Get in there and make sure that's how you build people to help them uh, really um, uh, believe in the power of your vote. Because you show up every time. You show up every time. And they're then going to be all up in your neighborhood. All them candidates going to be in your neighborhood all year long. They go, Instead of, you know how they say, they only come around when it's time for election. They only fill in the pie hole when it's time for election. Mm-hmm. It's coming for election. Well, guess what? If you show up every time, every election... They're going to be there in your neighborhood all the time because they scared that, you know what? I got to take them seriously. They're going to kick me out of office. These, these people are showing up. They ain't playing with their vote. That's what you have to do. You got to build that in in people in these candidates' minds that you are something serious. Don't hold your vote hostage. No, use your vote. Don't just hold it. I mean, that's, that's, just, that's like keeping your money in your pocket. I mean, that's like the one with the times, the 10 talents, you know, the Bible. You know, this this the one that held on. He wanted to hold on to that one. You can't hold it when you're supposed to use it. Use your power. You got it. Use it. Don't hold it hostage. Use it. You can hold it. I, okay, if you want to hold it hostage, hold it hostage and don't promise until election day when you show up to the poll. <laughs> That'll be your, that you hold it hostage. Don't tell nobody who you're going to vote for until you go to the poll on that day. And you just vote. Then after you leave the poll, then tell them you voted. You know, if you want to hold your vote hostage, let's talk that. But don't hold your vote hostage saying that I'm not going to vote. Because again, the power is in once you do that voting, it's going to make people who are going to consider running for office or the people who win, they're going to get very scared. Like, golly, these people are showing up. This person is showing up every election. I might get voted out. I got to do the right thing. It makes them then, again, think about as they're going about their business in that new uh, uh, position that they got to do the right thing because guess what? These people are going to show up every election and they're going to hold me accountable. That's the type of thing you should do. That's the type of vote voting you should do. It's the power. It's the power in that. And so I and I just I know we're about to end, but I just want to um, uh, encourage. Uh, thank you so much, and I, I really applaud you for doing that voter registration because it's very important. And you know, days matter, deadlines matter. And so, you know, 45 days out from an election, the registration must be in. And so, um, you know, to meet that deadline, anyone, even the ones who will turn 18 on election day can still register to vote. Because once you put your birthday and your, your driver license information, whatever, they will confirm that on election day, you will be eligible to vote. So just because you're not 18 now, you may be 17 you can still register as long as you're 18 by the election day. Thank you for that okay. information. So, I didn't know that. Yes, 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 yes. Please let them know again that it's it, 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 by election day you're eligible to vote. So you can go ahead and register now, and then you'll be eligible then because once they once you know they show you you have to show your ID when you go and vote now. So when they see the ID, they're gonna see that oh he's 18 or she's 18 today. Oh yes, you can vote. There you go. So you can vote. So, uh, and I have a nephew who's going to be in, in that situation. So, definitely, uh, he'll be as a vote and so exciting. So, we need to inform him. I'm glad this is a medium through your podcast that, that uh, everyone is becoming informed. So, I thank you for the work you do. And uh, and then, too, um, um, for anyone who may have uh, any impediments like uh, legal um, uh, impediments 
such as have any arrest or any type of um, uh, convictions, uh, some of those convictions may be expungable. Um, and so if someone, you know, like like the system that we're trying to break down now mm-hmm. created the impediment of, um, of it, once you have been uh, a convicted uh, felon, you cannot vote. It takes away their rights. And a lot of our community um, or many in our community ex- ex- who experience that, they don't know that that they can actually get some of those convictions taken off. It's again, by law, by those legislators making those bills, they have wrote specific type of offenses and crimes that you've committed and found guilty of. You can get some of those taken off. Those major ones like murder or, or um, uh, uh, what about robbery, drugs? robbery. What about like drug, drugs? Certain drug, con- yeah, uh-huh, certain drug convictions are expungible. So it just you have to look in law. What you should do there's a um, um, uh, legal services. If I, I encourage you to pull the legal services uh, number. Also, it's the Mississippi. Uh, I can send you that information. But also, okay. there's a, an organization in Mississippi that they can contact, and they have expungement drives, or that they can just ask to be represented by an attorney. And it's a pretty quick process. Uh, well, pretty quick based on the, the, the court um, uh, caseload. Uh, but the time is now to just be an attorney. And a lot of times the, the attorneys won't charge anything for this. Okay. Based on, uh, you know, your that income. That's my situation. next question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, because of the, the, the felony or something, you may not have been able to get a, get a good paying job. And so I know that you may, may suffer from low income or something. So therefore, uh, that will be considered uh, when whether to charge you, and so you may not have to pay for anything. Pay, pay for anything. Okay, so then you can get your your uh, certain offenses expunged, and then at that point, expunged means that it will be clear, it will be closed off your record. It will be still forever on the record, but the, when there is a background check for the job, for a job or anything, it will not come up in that background check no more ever again. It will be just locked away in the FBI's uh, or the state um, 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 bureau of information or investigation, it'll be just locked away in the storage that crime that you committed, but it will never be revealed ever again once it's expunged in a background check. And so you can go in once you, uh, you know, the application that says, have you ever committed uh, a felony? Mm-hmm. You can then, once you get that felony expunged, you can then say no. Okay. Although you know you have. You can then say no, mm-hmm. because again, you know it has been expunged, so it's like you've never done it. And what what what's okay, the name so of the department that you said the uh, what what's the name of the, the place where you said that we could I, go? I, I I said the uh, north of north the legal services. Uh, there are many different legal services because I'm sure your podcast will reach beyond uh, the northern part of Mississippi. So I'm going mm-hmm. to give you a list of those. I'm going to send those to you. Okay. And, uh, but North Mississippi legal services, I know, but legal services are across the state of Mississippi or any state in which, um, legal services are all across the United States. And you can search for legal services corporation or legal services in that state. And, um, and they will direct you to the right organization that can help you expand, uh, 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 some of those felonies. Again, not all felonies are expungable based on that state's law, mm-hmm. but certain certain felonies are, and you won't know until you ask. 
And so once you get that clear, then you just go right back to uh, uh, to the circuit uh, clerk office and register vote. And because they took that right away, and then you re-register, and then it says on there, you know, have you completed a felon and all this kind of stuff? And you, you again, you say no, uh, unless unless they have a box that say it was expunged. Then of course you you check that. But if it doesn't say that, then you can say no. And because the, uh, that means a judge has uh, ordered the uh, felony expunged from your record, and then that's when it's certain sealed, signed, sealed, delivered. At that point, then you can vote. So don't let that hold you back because I, I commit a felony. I, I can't vote. No, 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 no. Ask somebody yeah. and get it done and get it done in time before those 45 days. Rest the vote. You'll be good for November. That is super awesome. This is so, so much great information. I love being able to give my viewers, my vergers, information that can support and help them because we do have families that like suffer from they made a bad mistake as a kid and maybe had some weed and because of the particular laws in their area and because of the color of their skin, they may have been given a heavier charge and now that charge is uh, impeding on them being successful, be it for work, school or whatever. So that is great information to be able to give them. And I really enjoyed this right. conversation. Right. Yes, yes, absolutely. And I appreciate you giving me an opportunity to reach your audience and and spread, like you say, and spread the information so everyone can be informed. And it's and like it's called, then you can make an informed decision. You don't have to just, you know, just look up a draw and say, oh, I'm just going to, you know, just get. No, make an informed decision based on uh, the information that you're disseminating, and then you'll be better. And then don't just get this information from this podcast. You know, don't, you know, for your listeners, don't just get it from this, this podcast and keep it share it. you know spread it share it share it there's there's again there's uh sharing sharing is, is is the best thing we can do to get out information because you may not always see this information on the news you might not always hear it on the radio uh you might not always see it on social media but at least once you hear it then share it so that everyone more people can be informed And I encourage people on election day, uh, you know, when, when you go out to vote, when you get ready to go out to vote, you know, I like to say that everybody I pass that day, I'm going to ask them, have you voted? Have you voted? And then everybody I drive by, you know, if, if somebody walking, they don't have, um, hey, you want to, you, have you voted? You need a ride to the poll? You know, that kind of stuff to just offer again, uh, loving your neighbor, you know, caring for the person next to you. You may, never know what they're going through and they may be challenge on election day of trying to get the poll try to help them out and then just simply as if you can't do that then uh, go through your your contact list of your phone just send out a mass text message to everybody remind them to vote that's some advocacy and that's what i've been doing is advocacy basically on on my facebook page doing advocacy because it's important for everyone to be informed and so let's just do more advocacy and you and everyone can do it, it doesn't matter about your position role no no your status none of that Everybody is important, and everyone can play a role in voter um, information and um, and making sure that everyone is informed as we go towards uh, before November. Yes, thank you so much. I've, I have learned so much, and I'm always excited when I learn because I know that means that the people that are listening are going to learn too. And just thank you so much for taking like your time um, out to share all of your knowledge and encourage and admonish us to go out and do and be our best, uh, especially with the things that are happening now. So I really appreciate you for joining. And if you would like to, we uh, normally 
when we close out we let the guests leave with some lasting words or a lasting saying that you utilize so if you would like to you can do that now <laughs> okay um wow it's so many um ah. well well I know that I was um um jotting down and, and you know when we, we first reached out to me I was jotting down I just like some catch catchphrases and things like that but I would just leave with this that um it's three P's uh really four but three problem protest hold and you know there's the problem that has been recognized and you can see it nationwide uh then you also see the protest because of the problem and the, where you can really make real hardcore changes at the polls is what the segment of your uh, your your podcast is about. So you lead from one to the next, the problem into protest into the polls. Mm. And so once that happens, all you have to do then is cover it all in prayer. Right. Problem, protest, polls, prayer. That's that. You, you heard that the work and the faith. Yep, that's it. The work and the faith. Oh my God, that is, this is so yeah. awesome. It's good to see somebody from our area, like also uh, a young black man out doing this type of work and being so successful and living the life that he was meant to live. <clears throat> so. I give all honor and glory to God. And so I appreciate again that uh, we, I, I, I'm, uh, I, I thank God that we know each other. And so that you were able to uh, then reach out to me and then I was able to uh, avail myself of this opportunity. And thank you again for this work that you're doing. This is, this is huge work and you are to be commended. I really appreciate again this opportunity. Thank you so much, Steve. I really appreciate it. Um, and hopefully we can have you on again for any other topic. You're welcome to be back on here. I know the virgins are going to love it. Maybe we can do something closer to um, election time or something like that. Or maybe you have something else that you want to talk about. Could be talking about your southern cooking. Uh, <laughs> so, um, or exercising. Like, I, I'm down for whatever. Because uh, we really do need to know how to cook southern like tasty and good and also be able to exercise those pounds off <laughs> right right yes I, i'll be honored too so definitely uh you, you know how to reach me so uh definitely if, as you uh, move forward in the podcast yeah, definitely feel free to reach out to me all right well thank you so much steve and you have a great night thank you thank you thank you bye-bye yeah. bye-bye <sighs> um all right, Virgins, that was a very intense call. Um, and when I say intense, I feel like he was extremely passionate. And he, he to me, expressed sort of like the fashion that I have on the inside that I just, I like, I want to get out and I want people to hear. Um, so I'm very thankful that Steve was on and like he gave us that, that raw, uncut information about what it is that we need to do and how we need to get out and support and be in the community. Remember, he said there is uh, three Ps, problem, protest, and polls. Like we've recognized the problem. We've been living in the problem for a multiplicity of years. Now we've got a reason to protest. And the protests are doing good things like in, in um, Louisville, Kentucky, they passed the Breonna Taylor law where they're not gonna allow um, no knock entrances anymore and while that that young lady rest in peace lost her life for that that is a law that is now going to be able to push and, and move somebody else forward you have all of these different um 
police uh, departments and uh, places where they're changing their policy and stopping choke holding and all these different things and just causing people to get together. So like we're protesting and we're causing uh, this eruption of consciousness, which is really needed. But now what we really need to do is get prepared to go to those polls in November so that we can ensure that we are rectifying the problem that we have that's in front of us. So please get out and vote if you are not registered and you are in the Jonestown, Mississippi area and you are a Cahoma Countyan, please stop by the Timothy Burrow or multi-purpose building in Jonestown. Come through come through to the drive-through voter registration drive and go ahead, let one of the volunteers sign you up. We're gonna be so excited to see you. You'll get the little I registered to vote sticker created by Anthony that just found out that he's getting ready to create that. Um, so you'll get that little nice little sticker. And if you see the flyer floating around Facebook or on Snapchat or on Instagram and you have not done your 2020 census, go ahead, take your little smartphone because I know you got one. Probably got the iPhone 11 plus X Max, whatever the iPhone is, because I don't know. I'm an Android girl. Um, and if you have that beautiful Android like I do, you have a Samsung Galaxy Note 10 Plus, pick it up and scan that QR code because you are a Mississippian now, not anybody in Texas or people um I have listeners everywhere. everywhere. Nebraska, Texas, Jamaica, Jamaica <laughs> Germany. I mean, just everywhere. But please, just only the Mississippians. Scan that QR code and you can go ahead and register for your census. Remember the census count. It helps to get money into the municipalities that you particularly live in. And when you don't add up, like when you don't go and put your numbers in and say who is in your house and all of that stuff, you take away money from your community. Don't do that because these we all needed these babies needed, especially in the school systems and programs and different things like that. So please, let's do that. Thank y'all so much for coming back to this hour plus long podcast for tonight it was very informative and y'all need to listen and if you have to just cut it down into two like i'm gonna listen for 30 minutes i'm gonna do something so i'm gonna come back in this 30 minutes go ahead because steve gave us a whole bunch of good information he 